0: Father Rob Kroll, and me,
1: Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you doing today? Hey, Jim. I am doing quite well. We uh, have a beautiful spring day here in Milwaukee, and probably up in Minnesota as well, and we just had a a number of uh, young men join us for the weekend to uh, have a come-and-see weekend. They're they're discerning a vocation to the priesthood, so they spent a weekend here at the seminary with us, and it was a, a wonderful time. So I'm doing quite well. How are you today?
0: I'm all right. We got uh, we got nice weather today, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm a little tired because I was uh, up till four a.m. smoking a a pork shoulder, mm-hmm. also known as a pork butt. <laughs> I don't know why they
1: call it that, but they do. Mm. That those are two radically different body parts on I, us, but maybe not on the pork. It's even know.
0: close to the butt. <laughs> no. It's an actual shoulder of the pig. <laughs> uh, I don't know but, why they would call uh, like it that. Yeah, nine pounds. Wow. Crazy. It t- yeah, sixteen hours it took to smoke. It was great. Excellent. It was so much fun. Wow, wow. I don't know why I love smoking so much, but I really love smoking. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's quite. Thank a Thank you. We have beautiful weather today, and uh, uh, yeah, it's. I think this winter things uh, might be behind. It,
1: us. it just might. Actually, yesterday, uh, as we record today, yesterday the twentieth was the uh, first day of spring officially. So we're we're now into spring.
0: That is correct. We got uh, one more Sunday, and then is it is Palm Sunday this Sunday or the next Sunday? It's a week from today. Palm Sunday. Correct. Okay, all right. It's hard with this COVID thing, mm-hmm. you know? It's like I, I, don't, uh, I don't keep as close a track of the liturgical calendar as, yeah. I, as I used to. Mm-hmm. I would play, at my last church, I played uh, Palm Sunday. I would play um, the service on... Uh, Monday, and I think certainly Wednesday, Thursday, um, Good Friday, and then I would do the Easter Vigil. Wow, that's a workout. So I was basically a I think I was at church almost every day. Like day. Mm-hmm. We'd throw a sleeping bag down. and It was great. I loved playing for those. Uh, and the church that I'm at now, no music. Yeah. <laughs> so, what well, are you
1: that should be changing soon.
0: Well, I, but they're not going to have guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is fine. That's uh, that's not that's the reason the for point. me to go to church. But the reason that I go to church is, is the Eucharist. There you so go. It is. Uh, with the guitar playing was just a secondary <laughs> thing. So, um, should we uh, get into our topic? I what? think
1: we should. Yeah, it's All right. it's, it's going to be a, a weighty one today. What are we going to talk is. about? This
0: is going to be controversial.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's right. We're we're tired of being like not controversial, just kind of wishy-washy. We're going to get into something controversial today.
0: We we ran out of sacraments. So,
1: I don't think we did. No, I think we
0: got a couple no. left. <laughs> but the um, the Catholic Church came out uh, just was it last week? It was soon. It was very uh, it was very yeah, recent. March
1: 15th actually, I think. It
0: was so. March 15th. Why wow, you get your notes in front of you. That's fantastic. Uh, I do. Uh, March 15th the Vatican announces that uh, that no priest, no one uh, no one within the church will be uh, blessing uh, gay uh, civil unions. Correct. Um, and that's our show folks. Uh, <laughs> well, and people people just lost I mean there' a people, lot of
1: people that went crazy yeah, over that right? Yeah, oh yeah, there was a lot of uh, negative publicity and response, a lot of pushback, even from, I know Elton John tweeted, and um, anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of people that aren't happy, both outside and within the church, and um, I don't know if it's just civil, maybe it is civil unions, the the question that with the church was, asked is, does the Church have the power to give the blessing to unions of person of the same sex? Okay. All right. And uh, so I don't know, yeah, whether they're civilly recognized or not. and and um, But yeah, the Church basically said it cannot, and it gave an explanation of that, and, and then the Pope himself uh, kind of signed off on it. So some people were quite disappointed, because I think they had hoped that, based on maybe some other things Pope Francis had said or written, that Maybe he would uh, be more open to this possibility, so um, well
0: yeah. people were people were just i mean I was reading article after article of people' it's like, I have been a faithful Catholic for forty years and 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 hearing hearing that uh, um, Pope Francis refuses to bless homosexual unions is just the last straw mm-hmm. and like. Um, this isn't news. This has been going on for 2,000 years. If he had come out and said, you know, that uh, the church cannot bless uh, homosexual unions and uh, the sun will rise tomorrow, both are just about as newsworthy, I
1: would think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, this is not something that should be that surprising, but I guess given kind of the times in which we live, uh, and given maybe you know, like I said, maybe other things that the Pope had uh, written and said that gave people a certain uh, hope that maybe you know this this uh, teaching of the church would be changed or attenuated. Um, yeah for some people, this is very disappointing and, and I think we have to clarify that the, the Pope is not, or the Vatican, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is not saying that homosexual persons cannot be blessed. Um, Qua persons, but what they're saying is that um, two people who are in a same-sex or homosexual union uh, living together in a in a union a partnership that that. Partnership or that union cannot be officially blessed by the church um, right. because it's it it yeah it it could give the impression that it's akin to marriage between a man and a woman uh, which it is not and and the church you know we can talk today a little bit about the the church's teaching on maybe uh, sex sure. and marriage I think that would be helpful one of the things too and you pointed this out before we started recording that this uh, this response from the Vatican. Is also well. It's a response probably to two other recent developments. One is uh, last fall. You know, you mentioned that um, in a documentary on on the Pope. Well, why don't you why don't you summarize what you? Well, there,
0: I mean, I think the reason why there's a part of the reason why there's a big uproar on the the. Um, the church coming out and declaring formally that that this is you know no there's there's not gonna be a blessing on on homosexual unions is because in in October there was a documentary released about uh, Pope Francis called francesco um it's all in Spanish, and in that he is it's like a two hour long movie and there's like one line that people got harped on, which was um he said that. Um, homosexual unions um, do deserve the right to um, have a legal um, recognition, or- legal recognition, to, to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, so to have legal protections. Okay. Is what he's saying. Uh-huh. And um, this is the same position that he's had since he was um, archbishop. Mm-hmm. He's, he's had this position for ten years, and then everybody, then it was like all the people who. Are wishing that the the, the church would uh, become more progressive, or like the the pope is endorsing uh, homosexual unions? The the porps, pope supports that, mm. and then there's there were these people that were coming out and they were like, no no no, this was in Spanish and this was misinterpreted, and he didn't really say that uh, he was he, he was in favor of uh, homosexual unions. Blah 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 blah, and then they had this huge long explanation about that, and then the Archbishop of Buenos Aires came out and said. Uh, nope, I know the Pope. Um, I'm really close to him, and that's exactly what he said: that uh, that homosexual unions deserve legal protections, mm-hmm. and that's all he said. Yeah. And then you know, all the people just went crazy. So I think that was the impetus for the the Church to come out and say, um, now, like you know, mm-hmm. but let's hold your horses, folks. Right, right, right. This is we're not going to. Oh, and by the way, we're also not going to bless. Uh, uh heterosexual couples that are living together. Right. And you know, we're not going to bless it, it's just it's 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 a, a list of grave sins we're not going to bless. Right, exactly. And
1: you know, another uh, in addition to what you explained about that documentary last fall, um, this recent response from the Vatican um gives a huge clue as to another situation that prompted the response, because the very first sentence of this explanatory note is this, in some ecclesial context, ecclesial meaning church, plans and proposals for blessings of unions of persons of the same sex are being advanced, and right now what's happening, and again, a lot of people, you know, probably don't Aren't following this, but in Germany there's a whole um, discussion underway because they're preparing for a big church synod within the country of Germany, and, um, and so there are some German leaders, including German bishops, who are, you know, really hoping that they can, um, uh, you know, promote and endorse not only blessings for uh, same-sex uh, partnerships, but other things too, like married priests and so, so I think uh you know the the Vatican is watching this very closely and is kind of nervous about this because it it could unfortunately result you'd hate to see this, but it could result in some kind of schism you know yeah and um so, I think this is also a very direct response to what's happening in germany and 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 also in other countries in Europe um, so maybe what we should do, Jim, is just maybe summarize briefly you know what the church actually teaches about the meaning of you know, marriage and sex, and and then from there it kind of becomes clear why uh, the 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 church can't bless these unions. What do you think?
0: Well, I think so. I I agree with that. I think that we should probably, if we can frame it, and we didn't talk about this before, but if we can frame it in a way that I would guess that uh, probably ninety nine percent of our listeners are like mm-hmm. in lockstep with what we're talking about. Yeah. So if we can promote this in such a way to offer um, discussion points, you know that maybe they haven't thought of mm-hmm. if they're getting the discussions with, with other yeah. Catholics that mm-hmm. are just like, well, I'm just fed up with this, and I'm right. leaving the Catholic Church. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, you kind of already did, but uh, that's fine. So um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk
1: about the Church's stance on this. Okay, because I think it's always helpful to kind of start there, and then you know from that place, you can kind of say, well, that's why, for example, homosexual acts or uh, premarital sex or adultery or, you know, other sexual activity uh, outside the context of marriage, why it, it isn't really morally permissible. And so basically, I mean, what I would say is that, first of all, the sources of this teaching, the sources of this truth are are several. I mean, we have the divinely revealed Word of God in, in the Scriptures, and uh, clearly in the Scriptures, God... You know, reveals to us that he intended to create man and woman, two different instantiations, two different embodiments of human uh, personhood, and that you know, men and women are oriented towards each other. You know, that's kind of clear biologically, physically, but also not just in their bodies, but also in their you know, in their emotional life, in their psychology. And so there's a complementarity, the Church would say, between men and women. And so it's, it's natural for them to come together and form a union. And that union is uh, in the Church, you know, it's, it's, it's permanent. It, we, we have a, an actual sacrament of marriage by which that union is blessed and and consecrated. And now this union is meant to be, you know, fertile and fruitful and faithful for life and um, and so sexual activity uh, is meant to be reserved for that committed union uh, and that the sexual activity is meant to be both unitive bringing the two people together as one and procreative open to children right and um, so you know that's kind of it in a nutshell and that's why you know I think then I think the church is also not just relying on scripture but on tradition you know there's for the 2,000 years that we've been a church, um, all the, you know, inspired uh, saints and the church's official magisterial teaching, it's always really uh, repeated the same fundamental truths, and I think human experience also comes to our help here, because we know from experience that um, when sex is treated either in a trivial way or is used outside of that context of marriage, um, it, it can lead to real uh, heartbreak and real difficulties, and so the the best, um, you know, the best arena or the best relationship in which sexuality should be celebrated is a permanent, you know, faithful commitment between a man and a woman, and that other forms or other expressions of sexuality fall short. So, you know, that's really where the Church is coming from, and, and like you said before, that's why it's not just like the Church is picking on gay people or homosexual people, but it's saying that no one who is not married to a, a person of the opposite sex um in in that marriage nobody you know nobody can really justify using uh the sex the gift of sexuality as beautiful as it is uh for other purposes i mean obviously all human beings uh gay straight whatever single married we're all called to have good friendships uh and, um, and deep, you know, intimate friendships with people, but, but those aren't all to be expressed, uh, in a, in a sexual way, uh, you know, explicitly, uh, through sexual acts. So, anyway, uh, that's a hard truth today, you know, for a lot of people, including especially people that have same-sex attraction, um, and, uh, they can feel quite, uh, beat up by the church because of this, um, I think it's worth saying that also the the, the Pope, Pope Francis and every Pope, um, the Popes are not able to kind of create truth or invent truth, uh, even though they're the Pope and they're the head of the church, maybe especially because they're the head of the church, they're servants of the truth, and they have to, uh, just like all of us, they have to adhere to what God reveals as truth. They're, they're not free to just disregard it or reverse it. So... Um, so when the Vatican and the Pope come out with a statement that they feel they're being faithful to the 2,000 year tradition of the Church and and that they're they're bound by that as much as every other Catholic,
0: right? Yeah. And, and th- it's a couple of things I, I just want to throw in there mm-hmm. with that, like the articles that I've read um, that have talked about. I've been a faithful Catholic for 40 years, and um, I've, I've I, I, um, that the fo- the fact that uh, now. Um, the Pope will not bless um, my the union with my my partner um, is the last straw, and it's like, well, my, I'm reading this, and I'm like, this this isn't news. He mm-hmm. didn't create this, like you're saying, like he's just repeating what's been said. And and there there are things within the Church um, that are doctrinal that can be open to change. There, mm-hmm. there are some things you know like. You know, priests get married. There's been a history in our church where priests have been able to get married. And there are some uh, aspects of our church where there are married priests. And 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 this is, but this is a doctrinal thing. This isn't a dogmatic thing.
1: Or and, not a, and, well, it's not a disciplinary thing. It is dogmatic and doctrinal, but not disciplinary. So that explain a, that a little bit. Better. Okay. I'm, well, I'm confused so, about that. Okay. So, by disciplinary, like, like this idea of, of having a celibate priesthood, like you said, that's not. Divinely revealed. It's not like inherent in the nature of priesthood necessarily to be right. celibate. So that's a discipline that, you know, in the Western church, the Latin church that we've adopted uh, and that we continue to, you know, adhere to. You know, as you indicated, there are Eastern Rite Catholic uh, priests who, in their rite or their tradition, they've allowed a married clergy. And we can debate the merits of both. But that's not like something that God has revealed as, you know, divinely revealed truth what i i would say that do, dogma and doctrine are we usually use those as synonyms to mean a truth that is actually divinely revealed like uh the fact that sex belongs in the context of you know a marriage between a man and a woman or that uh you know they're like well yeah all the all the big truths that we claim in the church i think i think dogmas are often seen as like more fundamental like the like the trinity incarnation and and then and then doctrines might be other truths that are a little bit, uh, you know, like like secondary, but still divinely revealed. But that that's kind of that's getting into details. But I yeah. So I just I, I think the word I would use the word discipline uh, rather than dogma- okay. dogmatic. But anyway, be that as it may. But there, are there you're, okay. You're right. <laughs> but, 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 you're, but no. But your main point is actually is, is right on target.
0: Right, and and so so there are things within our our faith that can. Um, move, can be adjusted. Correct. Can, Correct. Can, I've always made the argument that uh, it's entirely possible that someday um, the church could accept um, guitar formally instead of, you know, I'd get into all these arguments with oh. very traditional Catholics. Really. Sure. Oh, only the organ and only the voice, and that's all you get. And yeah. Nothing else. You can maybe, uh, you know, a maraca. But that's it. That's all you get. Right. Um, but this is just, and it's because of of natural law and natural theology that um, this is never going to be something that's gonna um,
1: change. It can't. Right. But we can also say that even a dogmatic truth like this, which doesn't change, it does become progressively maybe better understood. So if you look in the early centuries of the Church, like the Trinity, we've always believed in the Trinity, but it took some time for the Church to kind of work out and you know that that theological doctrine or or dogma and now we look back and we say oh okay so and so was a heretic but at the time they were just trying to wrestle with how how could god actually be three persons and still only one god you know that's a very complicated mystery right. so my point being that whether you know in our in, in the church's understanding of sexuality too you know over 2000 years there's been maybe progress in our understanding of it, and we see things more clearly now than we might have, you know, in the early centuries of the church. But that's that's different than saying that we're just going to flat out reverse, you know, some divinely revealed truth, or we're just going to contradict right. it. You know, we can't we can't do that. But, um,
0: and the, the the other point, you're right. That's exactly right. The other point that I want to mention is that uh, like the whole. Um a lot of people would come back in arguments and I've, I've been into a lot of debates with people about this. Mm-hmm. and and the the, you know, the, the sexual act is not the total sum of my relationship with my wife. And I I have friends who are gay who are in relationships and they're like the sexual act is not, uh, fully defining our relationship there's mm-hmm. a ton of stuff that's happening in our relationship that's outside of that realm and, and probably 98 percent of our lives exists outside of that and and that's frustrating right, right and I get that yeah and 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 there's they can tell me that it's unitive and i I don't have any basis to argue against them um, but um, as as small a percentage of our lives as it is it's an integral part um, to the dogmatic truth.
1: Right. Nope. That's true. It is true. Yeah. No, I mean, but that exactly that there's the sexual act by definition is meant to be, um, you know, uniting members of the opposite sex and, and then also open to the gift of children, which of course, by definition, homosexual acts can never be open to that gift. So, Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think is, is difficult, especially for people, and, and you, you, know, you use the word gay, and I use that word too, and I think that the whole terminology thing is, is a complicated question too, because I think, you know, in the culture now, we talk about gay and straight, I kind of prefer same-sex attracted, because sure. um, gay, in my mind, tends to put too much emphasis on a person's sexual orientation and it kind of like a lot of people want to identify themselves primarily by their orientation and I think using the word gay kind of like plays into that Sure. I like to say same sex attracted person because then it's like, okay, this is part of my reality. It's, it's part of what I experience, but it's it's not everything and 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 I know that, you know, another thing that's difficult today is it's it seems like there's basically two choices. Either either you're out and proud and you're in, you know, also in a, a relationship that's explicitly sexual and that's kind of the the fulfillment of everything, or you're in the closet, you're repressed, you're homophobic, and it's kind of like you know. Then you're basically shamed, and 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 I think you know the church would say no. Um, it's, possible. it's more nuanced. Well, it's much more nuanced than that, and and just as we shouldn't define a person by their sexual orientation, we also shouldn't vilify them. And, and the Church says that we have to welcome you know, people with same-sex same, attraction, with respect and sensitivity, we shouldn't have unjust discrimination. And in fact, what's interesting to me in this latest uh, Vatican statement, it even says here, let me just find the language, it says... Um, the presence in such relationships, meaning homosexual relationships or partnerships, the presence in such relationships of positive elements, which are in themselves to be valued and appreciated, cannot justify these relationships and render them legitimate objects of ecclesial blessing. So even though we can't bless these partnerships um, the Church recognizes that there can be still positive elements to them. I mean authentic friendship can exist there. Right. Uh, there can be a real uh, tenderness, a real desire to serve the other person so it 's not like we 're condemning persons or condemning even the relationship wholesale right. and, and so anyway and, and within the church, a lot of people don 't know about this because it 's kind of it 's kind of a, kind of a, a, a well kept secret but there is a group called courage and there 's a parallel group called encourage and and these groups are designed to help people with same-sex attraction live according to the Church's teaching. And so they bring uh, same-sex attracted people together for fellowship and friendship. They have, you know, conferences. They, um, you know, they offer the sacraments. They try to help them to pray. So, um, you know, like every Christian, we we need to live our... our, Our sexual lives in a chaste and holy way and and there are actually many people out there and they don't get a lot of publicity and they usually aren't aren't tooting their horn but there are a lot of people out there a lot of catholics but others too who while same-sex attracted they they live a chaste life and they do that with the help of the church's sacraments and pastoral support and, and so that's courage, and then encourage is for, like, family members and other relatives and friends who want to um, support people in their lives who are same-sex attracted. I just mentioned that because the Church does have this pastoral outreach, and um, it often goes completely unnoticed, which is unfortunate. So Yeah. Do you—have um, you—and
0: we didn't talk about this before— um, maybe we did. I don't know. I don't remember anything. <laughs> um, are you familiar with um, a conservative provocateur
1: named uh, Milo Yiannopoulos? Uh, I actually am not. No, that's quite. That sounds like a Greek name. It it's is. All, a Greek it's all name. Greek to me. I don't know anything about it. It's a Greek name.
0: He's he's uh, he's uh, from Britain. Um, he is uh, a, a, a very articulate uh, conservative. And uh, he will go out and speak about a, v- a variety of
1: subjects. As you're talking about this, I think I have actually, but yeah, go ahead. keep, go, keep he's going. He's
0: very direct. He's, he's very, uh, um, people get very offended by him. People have called him a white supremacist and mm-hmm. people have called him all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and those things are not true, but he is a provocateur because he will um, state things about feminism and about yeah. uh, conservative beliefs and all this stuff. But he is also, uh, he was unabashedly um, uh, homosexual. And, uh, uh, and, and he would go so far and be like, how can you call me a white supremacist when I'm dating so many black people? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and his, his, he married... Uh, a, a black man, uh, quote unquote, married, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, um, and you know they're living together and and all that stuff, and, and um, Michael Voris, um, who is also uh, can be very uh, mm-hmm. a provocateur. He's a ca- and, Catholic, yeah, yeah, and Catholic. But right? does that, does does videos all about uh, Catholic? I. I um, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with what he says. It's how he presents it that uh-huh. kind of goes in the wrong way sometimes. Yeah. But he called Milo Yiannopoulos out on his because Milo has, has said that he's a Catholic. Ah, and, mm-hmm. and 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 Voris calls him out on it. And then Milo Yiannopoulos is like, you know what? You're not wrong. And he... Um, we just celebrated the feast of Saint Joseph. Milo Yiannopoulos went through the same consecration to Saint Joseph as you and I have. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's he is uh, he's renounced um, his um, his lifestyle. Wow. And he is, you know, the, <laughs> the man that he married is a little disappointed um, yeah. because he's like, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be. He's he's still living with me, and we're just uh, roommates. And he's kind of wow. disappointed, but uh, I am I am I am I praying to Saint Joseph uh, to keep me uh, faithful to the Church and the Church's mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. And he would be like sharing way more information than anybody wanted to hear about his relationships with men, yeah. um, as he did with uh, you know the other stuff that was very much provocative. There was mm. there was a riot at Berkeley. Simply because of the fact that he was speaking. Wow. Okay. There so was a huge, he's definitely like, a lightning rod. of dollars of damage done. Wow. Okay. Was like he is not a friend of the left. Yeah. But but he was he he owned up and he's like yeah. you know what um you're right this is I love the Catholic Church mm. more than my attraction for mm. men.
1: Wow wow that's a great testimony actually and 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 he the Saint Joseph thing just blew yeah. me away. Wow. Well, you know, as you talk about him, I'm thinking of two other uh, individuals that I've I've read about their stories. And uh, one of them, I read a book a long time ago now called Beyond Gay by a man named David Morrison. And uh, I know that the foreword, I think, was written by Father Benedict Rochelle, who's now deceased, but he was uh, very instrumental in the founding of Courage. And then more recently, there was a man named Daniel Mattson, M-A-T-T-S-O-N, who wrote a book called Why I Don't Call Myself Gay. And so these were two Catholic men who kind of wrote books just about their own experience. And I know Daniel Mattson also appeared in a uh, Catholic film— Called, I think it's called in, in, in the everlasting hill, desire of the everlasting hills. I think is what it's called, and that would be something that might be uh, good for any listeners to watch. There's about four or five people that are profiled who are Catholics and who just talk about uh, how they kind of, most of them I think were in kind of the gay lifestyle again, using that word in a secular way. They were living, right. a, uh, you know, openly homosexual life for a time, and then at some point uh, they either became Catholic or they reverted to their Catholic faith, and they basically decided to live according to the Church's teaching. And they they talk about the joy and the peace that comes from living in that truth. So um, I think, you know, like with many things in our life, hearing real people's testimonies can be deeply moving and inspiring, and, you know, not that we shouldn't uh, pursue the truth in an intellectual way, but sometimes having it brought home through real lives of people uh, can be maybe more, you know, more, more powerful for us and really touch our hearts. So um, I'd encourage people to just look for those, uh, those stories out there of Catholics who are trying to live according right. to uh, to what the Church teaches.
0: So one of the frustrations that I have is, is when people like the article that I read talk about uh, how they're done with the Catholic Church now after, after mm-hmm. 40 years of serving. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and um, because the Church hasn't changed their position or with the, the priests that are threatening to, or the bishops that are threatening to, did we talk about that? Did we talk about Germany? Did uh, that come up
1: yet? Briefly at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, we talked about that. That's kind of one of, the, one of the reasons why this CDF uh, statement came out now is because of what's happening in, in Germany right now. Yeah, that they're making the big push. Yeah. But, but
0: when you go against any dogma, when you declare that the dogma is invalid, um, and, and, and you, you've already left the Church—
1: like you, you are, you, yeah. You, you, uh, I mean, be careful about that. I mean, you, well, yes, I, I know what you're saying. You're at, you're right. You've kind of set yourself outside the church. Um, but, but isn't that the, defen- uh, the definition sure of uh, um,
0: the late sentiae, um,
1: excommunication? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would, I would agree with you. The only reason I'm, I'm hemming and hawing here is because I think, um, and you're not talking maybe about. Lesser, secondary things you're talking about the biggies, right, the big doctrines, yeah. yeah, okay, no, I would agree with you on that. I just I want to be a little careful about saying that let's say somebody who i don't know uh, is struggling with a particular teaching or or uh, is questioning or doubting right now that somehow they're they're like not a Catholic anymore. no no, like, no, no I'm no, not, not saying that. Yeah. No, I, and and people will
0: struggle yeah. with all the teachings of the church from time to time. Sure, sure. And I and and I'm not suggesting we all, we've all been there. We've know, so. all been there. We're not suggesting that any of these people are, are 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 excommunicating themselves. Right, right. But but if somebody takes the stance of, yeah. um, I believe in 90 of the what the, of what the church teaches, but and we'll use a different example. I don't believe in transubstantiation. Right and and it's just a piece of bread and right. that's all it is and it's symbolic well, then it's and it's not. I'm struggling with the idea, which we, we can struggle with that idea. But sure. I have I have decided that this is just a right. Symbol. You're
1: fo- kind of formally declaring this, yeah. You know? right, then, right, right.
0: Then, 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 which is, was clear in the articles with with right. these guys that, that they were like the church is wrong about homosexuality, right. and I've been a Catholic for you know 40 years, and and they've always been wrong, and I've just been waiting for them to change their minds. Mm-hmm. It's like you know you haven't been in line with the Catholic Church for a long
1: time. I know, and you know we use this term cafeteria Catholicism, right, Right. as if we can go through the line and kind of pick and choose, and I think you're—I'm really glad you brought this up, because, you know, we're talking in this podcast about specifically, you know, homosexuality and same-sex unions and things, but the the reality is, yeah, the Church has official, you know, dogmatic teachings proclaiming them divinely revealed on all kinds of topics and realities, and we don't—yeah, we we can't just sort of decide for ourselves, oh, these— these ones are true, and these other ones i just going to you know, jettison and say they're not true. Because, I mean, once you start saying that the Church doesn't actually teach the truth about marriage and authentic sexual expression, well, then why should we believe it on transubstantiation or the Trinity or anything else, right? Or it's confession like, or anything, right. Exactly. I mean, so if, if, if the God isn't guiding... This fundamental teaching, and it is pretty fundamental i mean there, there 's very few things more fundamental than about like human nature uh, the nature of mar- of marriage and sexual you know sexual use of our sexual faculty i mean that 's pretty basic to our lives as as human beings, so if the church got that wrong i 'm not sure I should even bother listening to the church when it comes to uh, social justice issues or right. or the ma- or any of the sacraments or the, or whether God actually became whether Jesus is really God, maybe he's just a really, really, really good moral teacher, you know. Right. So anyway, yeah, I think it, it does call into question lots of other teachings if you don't accept this one. So, and the the
0: on the flip side, of the, the cafeteria Catholic, which is I, I love that term. Um, the flip side of of people who participate in that are the people who are um, consider themselves to be very orthodox, but then also consider they also have decided through. Um, their own whatever mm-hmm. that homosexuality is um, a worse sin than all the other sins, mm-hmm. and I take it I, I've, I've always taken exception to that. Right? It's it's uh, it, if if uh, same sex same sex sexual act is a is is a disordered act. It's a gra- it's an act of grave matter, um, but there's not degrees of grave matter as far as I've read. I think that uh, um, they're like, wow, it's really, because it's you know it's not a natural act. It's an unnatural act, so it's really disordered. And I'm like, okay, um, how about people who are practicing birth control in the Catholic Church, which is widely prevalent?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There are tons of people who are going to Mass every Sunday and then have been at some point in their lives or are at this moment, uh Taking the pill or practicing birth control mm-hmm. or getting a vasectomy or doing any of these things, which is also um widely
1: disordered and um can and is a grave sin- yeah because it closes the sexual act and right. and the, the, the union of of the partners to the gift of of life and basically shutting out that just saying god we're not going to invite you into that aspect of our of our marital union you know so yeah. Now, having said that, I mean, you're you're right that that there's many, th- and I think like premarital sex too, right? I mean, we would exactly. say, you know, we shouldn't be condemning uh, homosexual activity, and then and then saying that's not this, you know, that's worse than. Than having premarital sex or whatever. Now it's true though too that like within the realm of grave or serious matter, we can still say there there are gradations. And, and I mean, this is obvious in you know like like murder is grave and seriously wrong, but it's not. It's it's a lot worse than than sexual. Uh, okay, as, that's know, fair. Know. So, but 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 no, but your point, I think what what I feel comfortable saying is that we shouldn't single out homosexual. Uh, even though it's true that like. Premarital sex uh, between a man and a woman, between let's say two young people in high school or whatever, uh, there at least there is still that complementarity. There's still that natural law thing of you've got a man and a woman engaged in it, which is different than two men or two women. But uh, what we're what we're I think we're essentially what we're saying is we got to be careful about labeling homosexual you know activity as. Sort of this uh, horrible thing that is so much worse than these other sexual sins, and you know, and and when when Pope Francis said famously, you know, who am I to judge? That's another right. or another comment, right? They got a lot of press, and you know, I think you know what he was also saying there is that um, we shouldn't be judging people's hearts. I mean, to be honest with you, Jim, I would say you know. I mean, we we probably, this day and age, we probably all know many people that are same-sex attracted, probably have relatives and friends that are in, in, you know, uh, gay partnerships or homosexual partnerships. Um, When two people feel that attraction to each other and And that's a real experience. Um, we can talk about the reasons for it, which are kind of mysterious. But when two people of the same sex are attracted to each other romantically, I mean given the culture in which we live in the west it it's it's kind of like not surprising that they might then you know actually engage in. Right. Express that intimacy or that romantic attraction through sexual activity, just given all the messages they hear in the culture. So it, it I mean, I, we should almost be surprised that anybody lives according to the church's teaching, in a well, sense. Yeah. And, and the I same think is think true with to. contraception, right? As you point right. out. So my point being that, like, while I want to promote and explain in a beautiful way and a a positive way the church's teaching to people, I kind of almost assume that they're that they're not going to be living it because. They don't hear about it. We don't often preach about it. And all the messages they're getting from the larger culture, culture is just like, go for it, you know? Right. So anyway. Um, my
0: my yeah. struggle with the people who have declared themselves to be Orthodox Catholics mm-hmm. is that they, are, they seem very—a lot of them, not all of them— mm-hmm. um, the ones that argue the point that um, same-sex attraction is a graver sin than other sins— um, feel very comfortable, um, thinking that, or not stating it outright, but, but somehow asserting that, um, people with same-sex attraction are less than, and I, and I have a hard time with that. And my big point that I come back to every time with them is like, if, if you commit a mortal sin, um, there's not different degrees of mortal sin. You're just going to hell. Like, is there, is, are, are you going to go, does it matter if you're going to a different part of hell? Mm-hmm. You're going to hell. You're mm-hmm. separated from God. Yeah. And if, 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 uh, your same sex attraction causes you to sin mortally, or if you're, uh, taking birth control or having sex outside of marriage is, uh, the mortal sin that, uh, breaks your relationship with God. Um, it, how, how can you define one to be worse yeah. than the other?
1: Right. Right. And we've also explained in previous podcasts, and it's worth mentioning here, too, that, you know, for the Catholic Church, a mortal sin is obviously an objectively grave matter, so it has to be right. sin- sinful in and of itself. But there's also that, you know, knowledge that it's sinful, and then, of course, the full consent, right, that my will is totally engaged. So we recognize that you can commit what is objectively speaking a mortal sin, a serious grave matter, without having full freedom or whatever? So, right, yeah. But but I, but your point is well taken. That you're yeah you're saying that basically we need to be helping people to recognize what serious sin is and then avoiding <laughs> avoiding it, right? I mean, right. A, um Now, one of the things too, I and, and, and I know our time is is uh, maybe wrapping up here, but I think it's important to say this that. Um, you know, we in the church, I think it's something, there's something in us in human nature that tends to label or view sexual sin, and maybe it's just because of the, of all the, the feelings that surround lust and then the guilt and shame that can often result. We tend to think that sexual sins are like the most serious sins we can commit. Right. And I think it's important to point out that, you know, because even, you know, in our fallen state, our sexual appetite and our our sexual desires are often unruly. And although we may want to have our our intellect and our will kind of govern them and rule our passions, we know that sometimes they they seem to rule us and get out of control. And I think the Church recognizes that, you know, they talk about a a distinction between sins of weakness and sins of malice. And so, you know, I think it's helpful also just to remind everybody that without minimizing the seriousness of sexual sin, that often people... Commit sexual sin not because they're trying to be malicious, but because they might feel overwhelmed, overpowered, and there are actually maybe other sins that all of us are committing—sins um, of detraction and sins of, uh, you know, like maybe even like manip- like planned manipulation and and things that were they're much more willful and much more serious too. Well, um, you were talking
0: in one podcast about uh, actively trying to. Um, lie and smear somebody else's reputation yeah
1: exactly I mean I think maybe in God's eyes you know that's much more serious than uh having a sexual act with somebody that I'm like you know really in love with and um I I get kind of carried away by my emotional attraction and so and again I'm not don't get me wrong I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive to uh, obviously integrate our sexual desires well, and and we can do that over time with God's grace and our cooperation. But all I'm saying is that I think there's something in us, you know, and I am drawing from my many years and, you know, countless numbers of confessions that I've heard is a lot of people, I think, get very distraught over sexual sins they commit, but they don't necessarily feel badly when they're doing other sins that are more uh, in the realm of... uh, you know like we said before some of these other deadly sins uh you know envy or or detraction and and lying and things like that so uh, Not just I, I your parents uh, yeah right exa- exactly exactly maybe <laughs> right? neglecting lying. our parents right right don't lie right. don't be nice don't. to your parents De- exactly. these are
0: all grave sins right my point being is that the, the, the two things i was hoping for us to get across today one um obviously the church is never going to bless um, same-sex unions in whatever form, but two that um, that doesn't mean that these that uh, people who have same-sex attraction um, don't have any value. They have value.
1: Oh, infinite value. They can sure. be
0: blessed as yes. an individual. Correct. They can be, and they should be treated with dignity and love and respect. Right. And 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 if if I have a struggle with um lust and a friend of mine who is homosexual has a struggle with lust and but we're lusting after different things we're both dealing with lust
1: right that's right? A good yep that's that's a good point that's a very good point so yes there's there and 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 I think too just to give a message of hope to people who may be listening who struggle with same-sex attraction, that, that their struggle, there's something unique about it that's different than a heterosexual person's, but at the same time, we're all kind of in this together. We're, we all have a, a lustful, disordered sexuality at times, and we're all trying to, you know, integrate our sexual appetite, we're all trying to live a chaste and holy life. Um, right whether that's as a married person, you know I mean married people struggle too. They have to live chastity within their vocation and and, it, right. and and it can happen that if a marriage isn't so healthy, you can you know especially if it isn't so healthy, you can be attracted to people who are out, you know another person who's not your spouse. Well you have to deal with with that situation. So right. we're, we're all having to deal with sexual temptation, right? That's not unique to uh same-sex attracted people. So
0: All right. So, um have we Have we beat this horse I, to death?
1: I think we've done a really good job with it. I mean, given the complicated nature of it, given all the kind of other angles and side issues, I think uh I think we've tried to you know get at the heart of it, and hopefully we haven't said anything heretical, and we haven't uh said anything pastorally insensitive have
0: i Have I said anything heretical? I hope not
1: I don't think so. I, I mean,
0: you'd so. call me out if I had so
1: i mean you know as a Jesuit, I'm always accused of possibly saying things heretical, but I don't think I did this time so. <laughs>
0: We're gonna cover. We have to cover all the um, uh, conspiracies about Jesuits. That's got to be an episode because it just cracks me up.
1: I know, I know. We've we've been involved in all kinds of assassination plots, and it's
0: right. Yeah. It's, it's you started the CIA. Good for you. Right. Um, all right. So, uh, what do we have? Something that we like? You got something that we like? this Yeah,
1: I thought today we might talk briefly about. Catholic Charities USA, because um, it's a wonderful organization within the church. I happen to live with a priest here at the seminary in Milwaukee who is the vicar, meaning he's kind of in charge of, um, uh, from, the, from the priest's perspective, the, the Catholic Charities here in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and um, it's just a great organization that does a lot, has many different ways of helping people who are poor. Um, it was founded over a century ago, and and so they provide many different services, uh, not just for Catholics, but uh, often for non-Catholic peoples as well, uh, who come to you know request uh, whether it's financial assistance for housing or food. Um, there's just all different kinds of services. They they provide counselors, uh, psychological um, help to people, so they advocate also and kind of help try to promote the. Churches' um, social teaching within the church—they do immigration and refugee work, uh, food assistance, like I said, uh, disaster relief, um, many different ways that they reach out. And so, I just would encourage during this—you know—one of the one of the three traditional Lenten practices that we keep in front of us, in addition to fasting and prayer, is almsgiving. And so, I would encourage people who might be listening to consider uh, giving to Catholic charities in their particular area and uh, maybe donating clothes, that's another thing. If you don't have a lot of uh, liquid assets, you can maybe go through your wardrobe and uh, choose some clothing, not that it's ratty and should be thrown out, but maybe clothing that you just don't wear much anymore and bring that down to uh, Catholic Charities or St. Vincent de Paul or some organization like that. But uh, yeah, just wanted to give a shout-out to Catholic Charities uh, this time.
0: And you know what? We would, and I'll put a link uh, in the description about uh, to connect you to Catholic Charities if you haven't been there. Um, but there is no rule that says that you guys can't share with us um, things that you like, and we can spread the word. That would be it, awesome. Yeah, that would be so awesome. I mean, it, I think uh, a lot of people during the course of Lent are looking for extra ways to tithe and to to share their blessings with other people. And and if you've got something that's near and dear to your heart, uh, mail at to our or come to our Facebook page, to our gathered on Facebook, and just uh, leave us a comment, send us mm-hmm. an email, share it with us that uh, whatever it is, and and we'll uh, we'll turn around and share it with uh, all the rest of the listeners.
1: Yep, sounds great.
0: All right, maybe we should pray, huh?
1: Uh, it's always a good idea. So why yeah. don't we do that? All right, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity we've had to uh, do this podcast and to just try to spread uh, your truth to people who are hungry for it. Uh, We ask that during this Lenten season, as we get closer and closer to um, our Holy Week, and the high holy services of the Triduum, we pray that we might uh, continue to be converted from sin and darkness and to turn towards the light who is Jesus Christ himself. And so may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of us and remain with us forever. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, keep walking them stairs.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm. I am. Yes, indeed. I'm getting a little exercise by doing it too. But all
0: right, and you're coming into town next week. I'm very excited about yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I look forward. I'm going to be preaching a retreat next weekend at our retreat house near the Twin Cities, De and that's where Jim and I first met. So uh, yeah. we look forward to seeing you, Jim.
0: All right, man. Uh, you have a great week, everybody out there. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Feel free to comment. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. So take care.
1: Bye bye, everybody.